Good morning, I'm Thad Lanthrop, the Executive Pastor here at CIV, and I'm glad that you can join us as we continue on in our Stacking Good Days message series. When I was in high school, I read the book Seven Habits for Highly Successful Teens by Stephen Covey, which was an adaptation of his best-selling book, Seven Habits of Highly Successful People, uh, which was bestseller. It sold over 15 million copies is what my book says. I don't know how many more he sold after that, um, but it was a really helpful book. And one of the main principles, one of the main habits that he talks about in the book is start with the end in mind. And basically he's saying, choose your goal and then work backwards from there on how to attain that goal. So for example, if you want to go on vacation to Hawaii in two years, then you would research and figure out how much that's going to cost. And then you would make a budget of how you can save enough to be able to afford that trip in a couple of years. And that goal trickles all the way down into how you spend your money each and every day. Maybe you can't go to your favorite local coffee shop that you like to go to because you're trying to save money for that trip. And that's what we've, we're, we've done in this series. We've started with the end in mind in the first week. We looked at the big picture of life. And where we're getting this framework for how to stack good days is in Psalm 34, 11 through 14. Take a look at that with me. It says, Come, my children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Whoever of you loves life and desires to see many good days, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking lies. Turn from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. In verse 11 there and throughout the Bible, what you see is that the big picture in life for Christ followers is to fear God and keep his commandments. Now, there is a lot that goes into that short phrase, and we talked about that in the first message. But the definition that we came up with for fearing God is that fearing God is taking him seriously enough to obey him. And a life built on fearing God is one that is not filled with regret, but it's filled with joy and happiness, real peace. It's filled with love, and it's a life lived on purpose. And today we're going to look at some of that purpose that comes from fearing God and keeping his commandments. And that what we're going to look at is that good days come from doing good. Let's take a look again at Psalm 34, 12 and 14. It says, whoever of you loves life and desires to see many good days. And then 14 says, turn from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Now, last week we took a look at good and evil related to our speech. And we looked at how we've all chosen to do evil. We don't like to call it evil because that just sounds terrible. But the Bible puts all people on the same level ground. And when it says in Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Sin is missing the mark that God has given us. He's shown us the right way to go, the right way to live, but we all go our own way and try to do life on our own without God. 
And so this sin has created a separation in our relationship with God. Just like sin separates us from relationships on earth. If there's a conflict with somebody that, that doesn't get resolved, then there's a break in the relationship until we restore that relation, until we go and ask forgiveness and give forgiveness in the relationship. There's this break. But God pursued man. He pursued us. And our relationship with him is restored because Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins. And if we accept Jesus, that he died on the cross for our sins, that he lived the perfect life, always going God's way that we couldn't live, and he died as a sacrifice for us, if we accept that, then we are saved from our sins and can spend eternity in heaven with God. And so all, we looked at all of that last week, and the definitions that we came up for evil and good are evil is anything that goes against God and his ways, and good is anything that is in line with God and his ways. So going back to Psalm 34:14, where it says, turn from evil and do good, another way to say that is turn from living life your own way. Turn from doing what you think makes sense and do what God says instead. The other night I was putting our kids to bed and we were playing around and having a lot of fun, but it, it became bedtime and I got serious right away because you know what? Bedtime is the kids go to bed and I get to sit on the couch for a little bit. I, I really value that time of just relaxing. So I told the kids to go upstairs, but I did it in a way that was that was harsh to one of our kids. And honestly, I really wasn't trying to be harsh. I was trying to be fun and, and serious at the same time, which didn't mix well, and trying to play with him. And the, these are the thoughts that are going through my mind as my, my kid is is really sad about what just happened. I was trying to justify what I what I had done and, and think through, you know, I, I didn't really mean to do that. I didn't try to hurt his feelings or, or whatever is going on. I was justifying my actions. But just because I didn't mean to do evil to him, to sin against him and how I was harsh in sending him to bed, doesn't mean that it wasn't wrong, that it wasn't wrong that I did it. So I asked his forgiveness, and he forgave me, and our relationship was restored. It was broken until that forgiveness was asked and forgiveness was given. Evil, sin, doing life our own way, it destroys our relationships with the people around us, and it destroys the goals that we want to accomplish with our life, to have a good life with good days. And we need to turn from our sin, from doing evil, and do good. Like it says in Psalm 34, 14, we got to turn back to God. If we mess up, we clean up, we make it right, and we move forward trying to do good. When I hurt my son that night, I felt like dirt. I felt like the lowest of, of, of the lows. How could I do that to him? But when I cleared it up, our relationship was restored, and I was able to have a good rest of the night. Doing good produces good days. I want to encourage you to think through how you can turn from evil and do good right now. What is a way that you need to do that? What's a way that you need to turn from doing life your own way and start to do it 
God's way. Think through your family, think through your work, your school, your friendships, any area of life. And when you identify something that you need to change, that you want to change right now, remember this. Doing good comes from sowing to please the Spirit. Galatians 6, 7 through 10 says, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. The one sows to please his sinful nature. From that nature will reap destruction. And the one who sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. So what we see in this passage of Scripture, in these verses, is that we need to not get tired of doing good. So apparently doing good can be tiresome, and, and I've been there. I've felt that before. And then we also need to take advantage of the opportunities that we see around us to do good in our spheres of influence. So Galatians 6 is talking about doing good. But what it starts out with is that God cannot be mocked. It's saying that you can't fool God. The fruit of your life is going to show what you're spending your time thinking about, what you're investing in. I grew up playing baseball. And each spring training for professional baseball, it's fascinating to see there's always these same stories. There's this story of the players who come in to spring training in shape. And it's always these players are in the best shape of their life. They're ready to go. They're going to have the best season that they've ever had. And then there's the baseball players who show up out of shape. It's the shaming articles for these guys that apparently they didn't spend their off season well and doing what they, they, they should have been doing. Players can't fool their coaches. They can't. The What they've spent their time on is going to show up in their, their bodies when they show up and then in their, their playing abilities. If they've really put in the work, they're going to look sharp and ready to go. This is the type of picture that we get from this verse. God sees it all. We are only fooling ourselves if we think that a good life is going to come from sowing to our sinful nature. Now, this verse, it highlights this great battle that Christ followers have inside them when we try to do good. The capital S spirit that is being talked about in Galatians 6, 7 through 10 is the Holy Spirit. That's what's being talked about here. It, it's God himself is, that, is what's being talked about. When someone commits their life to Christ, to follow Christ. The Holy Spirit comes to reside, to reside inside that person and helps them to choose to live God's way. It's funny, my wife was talking to our two-year-old the other night and she was telling him just, we've been trying to just 
breach the subject of God with him. And she's saying, you know what, buddy? Jesus lives inside me. And he said the favorite word of every two-year-old probably in the history ever. He said, no. And my wife was like, what? no, what, what's he talking about? And he said, in my tummy. <laughs> he said he wants Jesus to live in his tummy. So that, that, that's not theologically correct. But, you know, it, it was fun. A fun little conversation to have with a two-year-old. But what's what's happening here, what's being discussed here, is that the Holy Spirit comes inside the Christ follower to be a helper. And Jesus talked about this. Look at John 14, 16. He says, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. And then in John 14, 26, Jesus says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. So God sends his spirit to help us to do right, to do good. That is just an amazing thing that he is giving us the resources to help us to do good in our lives so that we can have the best life possible that he wants us to have here on earth. But we still have this sinful nature that's talked about in these verses as well. And other uh, translations of the Bible call that the flesh. It is our natural desire to do life our own way. That's what's being talked about here. And there is this battle inside of us between the Holy Spirit and the flesh. Those that follow Christ, we, we, we experience this battle that goes on inside of us of wanting to do good, but also there's just this fleshly desire to just want to do life our own way. For me, it, it happens a lot when I'm tired. It looks something like this. I walk into the living room or, or somewhere in the kitchen. I see some dishes that need to be done, or I see the kids playing, and I think, you know what, I really should spend some time with them and play with them, or I should help out and and get these dishes done. But I also see the couch, and it looks really good. looks like a great spot for me to sit down. That's the flesh trying to get me to be lazy, which is a a tendency that I can give into pretty easily, especially when I'm tired. And so we have these good desires, this desire to do right, to to do what's right in a situation. But then we also have this desire to give in to our own normal flesh and tendencies that we would do just naturally on our own. Well, the Holy Spirit provides four resources for growth that really help us when we hit these situations where we want to do right, but ah, we're battling against wanting to do life on our own and do it our own way. And so I want to highlight a resource for you uh, really quick that, that has really helped me and is, is helpful for putting this, this message together. Uh, there's a pamphlet called How to Walk in the Spirit by Harold Bullock. It's an incredible resource for figuring out how to choose to live life in line with the Holy Spirit. And so let's take a look at four resources that, that the Holy Spirit gives us for growth. And if you want that pamphlet um, that I'm talking about, it gives a, a broader description of what we're talking about, then you can check the box on your connection card and you can 
um, we'll send that resource to you so that you can have it. But take a look at these four resources for growth. The first is prayer. Praying is talking to God, praising him, reflecting on his goodness, his kindness, how he loves us, reflecting on his wisdom, his sovereignty, asking him to do his will in our life, petitioning him for things that are going on in our lives. And as we do that, we grow more and more like God. The Spirit encourages us to pray to converse with God. The the flesh, the sinful nature, it tells us we can do we can do life on our own. We don't need to ask God for that. It's just a small thing. We can do it on our own. We got this. We got this figured out. Or we we get too busy to pray or we think we're too busy to pray instead of just talking with God throughout the day. God wants us to turn to him in big and small ways. He loves us and he cares for, for us and he wants to help us. Pray to God, so to the Spirit, grow more and more like God and do good. And while we're developing this habit of praying, or while we're praying, we also need to read the Bible. God's Word shows us what is right and good to do. And the Holy Spirit, it encourages us to do what is said in the Bible. Not all Christ followers are called to be Bible scholars, but all Christ followers are called to be Bible readers. Read the Bible. Ask questions when it doesn't make sense. And do what it says. And watch your life change drastically for the better. The flesh tries to block us from spending time reading the Bible. We feel too tired or like we don't understand it or it just doesn't seem like it's it makes sense or we're not getting anything out of it as we're reading it. The Spirit encourages us to push through those thoughts and those feelings to read the Bible. And as we read the truth, the Spirit will illuminate ways that we need to put into practice the Bible, which will make our lives better, will make the lives of people around us better as we do good that is found in the Bible. And then we need to engage in encouraging fellowships. God has created man in a way that we need each other to grow fully into the people that he wants us to be. People can be examples for us of ways to live life God's way. People can be a shoulder to cry on for us when hard things happen. People can just be fun to be around. They can make life better and we need to engage in these encouraging fellowship uh, fellowship time with people. One of the opportunities that we have at Church in the Valley is groups. And I'm going to be honest with you. Every time, uh, pretty much every week that we have group, I don't really want to go. I, I really, uh, I think, oh, I just want some time by myself. I'm tired. It's been a busy week. Can we just have one night off? That's the flesh. But each time that I push through to go to the group, I'm encouraged. I come away from it encouraged. That's what happens when we push through what the flesh is trying to get us to do, and we do what we don't want to do when it comes to encouraging fellowship. We get refreshed. It's a great thing. Get around people that are going to pull you forward in your relationship with God, not tear you down, and then minister to those people while they're ministering to you. When, when needs come up, <clears throat> be there for people. Take them a meal. 
watch their watch their kids when they're sick or help them build something or paint something or finish a project. God has made us to minister to others. That's a big part of what, of the good that he wants us to do. I want to share with you a testimony from Brenda Palmer. Brenda has served the families at Church in the Valley faithfully for years. I consistently hear of different ways that she's watching kids or helping out or helping someone out and I wonder how does she do? How does she do it all? How does she spend um all that time serving these people? I asked her to share a story about how she made a decision to retire early to help the families around her because she saw a need. Take a look at, at what she said. Hi, everyone. I miss you all. Um, just wanted to answer the question that Thad asked me. Um, about 20 years ago, I became a Christian at the age of 41, and I had a lot to learn about who God was and who he wanted me to be. I got to know the women at CIV, and they were there to help me be really good examples to me. Um, they spent their, their time, they invested in me so much of their precious time to, to learn this. Um, they were just great examples. Uh, so over the years, there came opportunities to babysit occasionally for um, some of these moms, and I watched these women multitasking uh, like I had never witnessed before. They were shopping, cleaning, cooking, um, making their homes inviting to guests. They were being good wives. Um, they were looking to the best interests of their husbands and their children. They were having babies. They were potty training. Um, they were teaching their kids lessons about God. Uh, homeschooling, playing with their children, just loving on them. And also, they were volunteering at church. They were uh, leading and helping with mommy's groups, women's groups, on the nursery teams, kids on teaching, and also they were helping each other with babysitting each other's kids when there were emergencies, they had doctor's appointments, school functions, planning meetings, um, and also they were spending their time reaching out to their neighbors, their friends, their family, and others who, who didn't know um, Christ and they were loving them and serving on them. Are you exhausted after hearing all of this? I certainly was exhausted just watching them do it. Uh, then about seven years ago, I attended a wisdom conference about the Kingdom family at Hope Church in Texas. And um, as Harold Bullock, the founding pastor, talked about the job description of the mother in the Kingdom family, uh, he showed a caricature of a mom juggling all these grocery bags in one hand, all the children in the other hand, and um, went on to describe all the things that they do, like I just told you, and much more. And I thought... Yes, um, I see this every day from the moms and the women at CIV. It is really a huge job. Um, not that I ever heard any of them complain about it. Um, that's just what they did. Uh, then I thought, I'm single. My son has grown. Um, this was something I could help with, even more if I was retired. I was reminded of the scripture, 1 Peter 4.10. God has given gifts to each of you from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Manage them well so that God's generosity can flow through you. So I started praying about retiring, got some wise counsel, uh, was told some things I could do um, while I continued to pray about it. A few months later, it seemed like God really was behind it. I found out there were some retirement benefits and credits at my job that were already in place that would allow me to retire early. So within a year, at age 56, I was able to retire. Um, I started this journey wanting to help out. 
with God's work, um, help these women with that, and just wanted to give back to God um, through these women, and um, they had helped me and loved me, and I wanted to do the same for them. But I feel like I have received way more um, than I gave. I have been so blessed to learn from these moms and these children, to get to laugh with them, to enjoy life with them, um, watch them grow, watch these kids experience God's love and become amazing kids. And some of them are now incredible young adults. Um, there's not one of them I wouldn't be proud to call my own. These last six years have been more of a blessing than I could ever begin to describe to you. And Lord willing, I'm looking forward to many more years. Thank you all. Bye. I appreciate Brenda sharing that story with us. It really illustrates, it shows this is real. As, as she was spending time walking in the spirit, using the four resources for growth that we, we looked at, God showed her what to do. She saw a need and God showed her how she could meet that need. And as you can tell in the video, she loves it. She loves spending time with these families and helping them out. She is using the gifts that God has given her to bless the people around her and advance his kingdom. And her life has been blessed by that decision as well as her blessing the countless people that she's helping. Now, that was a big decision that she made, and not everyone's going to have the opportunity to retire early, or God's not going to ask everybody to do that. But he does ask us all to turn from evil and do good. And we do that as we sow to the Spirit, growing with God through the resources he has given us. Now, the Bible is big, and it can be intimidating to know where do I start in the Bible? What, what do I do? How, how do I do all the good that's in the Bible? Well, I want to encourage you, start where you are. Don't start with everything to do. Start by reading the Bible, finding something good that it says to do, and putting it into practice. And as we make it a habit to pray and read the Bible and engage in encouraging fellowship and ministering to others, then God will show us the needs around us. And we'll have a choice to meet that need or to not, to do that good or to not do that. And as we choose to do the good that God shows us all around us, our days will be good. I want to encourage you all to take a next step in response to the message today. Um, just a way to take action uh, in, in regards to the Bible, what we, what we talked about, reading the Bible and applying it. Um, here's a couple next steps you might want to take. The first is read the Bible five times this week and do what it says. Right now we have a Bible reading plan that we're putting out each week that's, that's five days. And we put it on our Facebook and Instagram um, uh, social media platforms. And we also send it out in an email. If you'd like it that way, you can sign up for that on your connection card. And <clears throat> this is a great way to read the Bible and try to apply it right away that day. Um, if you're wanting to do a little bit more than the Bible reading plan, then I want to encourage you, read the Bible in a jar. Start with John, the book of John, and then read Acts and Romans, which are right after John. They're right in a row. The Bible in a jar will give you a great 
picture of Jesus's life and then what happened immediately following that. This will be a tremendous blessing in your life as you read the Bible, do the good, and see how God works in your life and through you. And then the next next step is to find a way to meet the needs of someone around me. Maybe there's someone in your family or a friend or a neighbor or uh, just anyone around you that you can serve. What is one way that you can meet their needs today or this week? And do it. Watch God use you in the spheres of influence around you to do good and advance his kingdom. Would you pray with me? God, we thank you so much for your help. Thank you for sending the Holy Spirit to um, live inside us and help us to choose to do right. Lord, we ask for your help. Help us to put into practice the resources that you've given us for growth. Help us to choose to do right and good in situations rather than going our own way because we know that that is how you want us to live. That's what it means to fear you and obey your commands, and that's what's going to lead to the best life that we can have here on earth. We thank you, Lord. We ask for your help. In Jesus' name, amen.